Right, this morning we are going to continue as we started last week to focus on this idea of vision and this idea of direction of where we are moving as a church of where I believe God is leading us, where the Holy Spirit is leading and directing us. And in two weeks on October 8th we'll kind of have our big vision Sunday as we talked about in the announcement where we'll really get down to exactly what it is I believe God is leading us to do and some action steps that are going to come with that. But last week, uh, just a short little recap, if you weren't here or even if you were, I shared about why vision is important to us, not only as individuals. In our lives, each of us, we need to have vision and direction or a focus that we're moving in our lives. But also as a church, it's important that we have vision and direction. Otherwise, we kind of find ourselves just wandering from one thing to another thing. But when we have a, a clear direction from God, we know where we're going and, and what we're doing. And, and He gives us the ways to accomplish that. And so I talked about how we can't simply just sit here and expect to see God do great things. Right? I talked to, I said, you and I, we can't just sit inside our church building and, and expect to have an impact on the lost around us if we're simply sitting here in our church. We can't just sit here. We have to be active. We have to move forward with what God is asking us to do in our lives. God gives us a vision, a word, a dream, a direction, and we need to do, we need to work hard to do whatever is necessary to accomplish what God is asking us to do. If you're a guest here this morning, I'm so glad that you're here with us because we're going to be talking about vision and where we're going as a church, and I think this will be wonderful for you to hear as well. I want to encourage everyone this morning before I get too far into my message and what we're going to discuss this morning. Uh, last week, maybe when we talked about vision, we talked about direction, maybe you walked away going, man, I don't know what, what, what I'm doing. Or like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't sense that I have that vision or direction from God as far as what I'm doing. And maybe that was discouraging. And I want to encourage you this morning. I was at a meeting this last week with a number of different pastors and one of the gentlemen led a discussion about Ephesians 2, verse 10, which says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And this verse, for, for many of us, is very familiar. It's a verse that we hear quite often inside of the church, that we are His workmanship, that we've been created in Christ Jesus for good works, that God has prepared beforehand. But a couple things that I want to mention quickly before we move on. First, it says, we are God's workmanship. What does that mean? It means that God created you. It means He knit you together in your mother's womb as, as we read in many different verses throughout the Bible. That, that's a pretty awesome thought when you think about the fact that, you know what? God knit me together. I am who I am uniquely because that's who God created me to be. Right? There's not another person like you in the whole world. You are unique. And God is going to use you with the unique talents and gifts that He has given you. The second thing is we're created in Christ Jesus to do good works, it says. This isn't saying that it's all about works, but rather it's saying that as Christians, many good things should come out of our relationship with Christ. As we grow in our relationship with God and we, we deepen in our faith, there should be fruit that comes out of that. There should be effects of our relationship with Christ that point towards Him. 
and help other people find Christ. And finally, the one that I want to focus on for just a moment is the last phrase. It says, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God created us and prepared us for different good works that we are to complete by walking them out. By working hard to accomplish the tasks that he has for us. Why is this exciting? Maybe you read that and you go, what's the big deal? What is he trying to talk about here? Because we don't have to come up with, create, or imagine some vision or direction for our lives. Maybe you're sitting here and you're going, man, I'm thinking so hard. I'm trying so hard to imagine what God wants me to do in my life. Just pursue Him. God has already set the steps in front of you. And He will make them clear as you follow Him. As you look to Him for direction and guidance. We don't have to come up with it on our own. That's the greatest part. Is you don't have to come up with this magical plan or magical idea. God has already prepared what He has in store for you to do. We just have to seek Him and then He will help us to walk out in those things. God has already laid out the path before us. We seek Him and He makes the path clear to us. And the same goes for us as a church, as a body of believers. I've simply been praying since the time that I accepted the position to become the lead pastor here back in May, that God would show me a vision for Chisholm Assembly of God and for this community and the surrounding Iron Range. I was told by a mentor of mine that you don't need to stress or worry about it. Don't stress or worry because the vision and direction that God wants to take this church, He already knows. It's already laid out. He already has a plan. And simply as you pursue Him, He will show you where it is that He desires for you to take the church. And that was a huge relief to me to say, you know what? That is true. The Holy Spirit will make it clear to me what we are to do as a church. And to me, that that took a lot of stress off of my plate. And I want to encourage you the same in your life. Maybe you feel stressed about that. Maybe you're discouraged because you don't know what it is that God wants you to do. You don't have to come up with it on your own. Continue to seek God and He will show you the steps to take. As I said, He has a path laid out for you to follow. Simply seek Him and He will show you the steps. I hope that can be an encouragement to you this morning. Shifting gears and and, and beginning to focus more specifically on the vision that God has given us for a church here this morning. The key focus of our vision that I'm going to share this morning will never change. The key focus will never change. God at times may direct us or adjust the vision as a whole and maybe change some of the focus. But He will never change the first part of our vision. What is it? Reaching the lost. That will never, ever change. God's desire is for us to reach the lost. Pretty simple and straightforward from Scripture when you think about it. If you were at the fellowship meeting a few weeks ago in Floodwood, Our district superintendent, Mark Dean, talked about why Jesus came. And we find it in Luke 19.10, where it says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Why did Jesus come? To seek and to save that which was lost. What is one of the main reasons, and I would say the main reason that the church exists today, to reach the lost. 
to continue to spread the gospel to the ends of the earth that people would hear about Christ. The Great Commission in Matthew 28, as many of us know it without even thinking about it, in Matthew 28, 18-20, says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So, so what, is, what is our mission as a church? Our mission is clearly stated right here in the Great Commission. We are to take the gospel to the ends of the earth, making disciples, it says. It means sharing the gospel, the good news with people, and allowing them to make a decision to come into relationship with Christ, to surrender their heart to Him. It says then, to baptize people in the name of God the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Last month, we, we did that with three individuals here in our church. We took them out, and we, we did water baptism as it was a significant time for those three individuals to say, publicly I want to declare my faith in front of other believers, in front of family and friends, that I've given my heart to the Lord, that I want to live for Him. It says, teaching people to obey everything Jesus has commanded us, all the while knowing, trusting, and believing that He is with us the whole way. That He is with us the whole way. If someone asks me right now this morning, why does Chisholm Assembly of God exist as a church today? The very first thing I would tell them without hesitation would be to reach the lost. To reach the lost would be the exact thing that would come out of my mouth. To share the gospel with those who don't yet have a relationship with Christ. You and I have not only heard the gospel message and the hope that it offers, but most of us here this morning have accepted that free gift of salvation through a relationship with Christ. But there are still so many people here in Chisholm who don't have a relationship with Christ yet. You and I, we can walk down the streets of Chisholm and we're going to see people all around us who don't have a relationship with Christ yet. Why are we here? To reach the lost. To make an impact on this community for Christ and the kingdom of God. There are so many people on the Iron Range that don't have a relationship with Christ yet. Our desire as a church should be to see people around us come into a relationship with Christ. It's all about God. It's all about Him. It's not about Chisholm Assembly of God. It's not about me. I don't want any credit for what's going on here. It's about God and the work that He is going to do, that He is doing, that He's already done. I'm not even saying that our attendance here needs to grow. Yes, that would be awesome. That would be a byproduct of people coming to a relationship with Christ. But I'm believing that this is way bigger than the church here in Chisholm. I'm believing that this is the big church, the kingdom of God. The grand scheme of people coming into relationship with Christ. And wherever they land, they land. But God is calling us to plant the seeds. And then the Holy Spirit will come 
and do the rest of the work. We are to reach the lost. We are all part of the same family of God through our relationship with Christ. How do we reach the lost? Maybe that's a question you have. Okay, so if the first part of our vision as a church is to reach the lost, how are we going to do that? Through shining the light of the gospel. Through living out the gospel. That people will see Jesus in us. The way we live our lives should be a godly example to the people we come into contact with. We're called to shine our light, Scripture says, to shine our light and let others see it for God's glory. We find this teaching from Jesus as he's starting off his Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, verses 14 through 16. Again, this is another popular passage that many of you may know. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. We can't be ashamed of the gospel. We cannot be ashamed of the fact that we are believers in Jesus Christ. We have to be confident in that. We have to be bold in that and say, you know what? I don't care who knows. I don't care if people get sick of hearing about Jesus Christ. We cannot be ashamed of the gospel. We can't afford to be afraid to share it with other people. We can't afford to. There's too many people in difficult situations, and some of them are making decisions whether today is the last day they will have or not. We can't afford to be afraid to share the gospel with people. We need to allow others to see our lives in the way that we have been transformed since we surrendered our hearts to Jesus. By sharing our testimony, by living out our faith. Jesus said that people may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. This doesn't mean that we are going around and we're, we're flaunting about how good we are. Did you see what I did? Did you see how much I, I placed in the offering? Or, no, it's not saying that we're flaunting what we're doing. But rather that as we obey God and we live out what He asks us to do, people will see the way we live our lives. They will see that the way we live our lives is different. That we're, we've been changed. That we're not the person we once were before. Remember again, it's not about us. It's not about our church here in Chisholm. It's about God and His kingdom growing. It's about God receiving glory for everything that's happening. Our riches and glories as believers await us in heaven, where we will get to enjoy them for an eternity with God. That's where our riches and glory wait for us. Yes, God gives us many blessings here on earth, and we're grateful for that. But right now, it's all about God receiving glory for everything that is happening. So what is a realistic example of this? What is an example of, of shining our light and allowing God to be seen through what we're doing? Let me share an example from my own life. As I've shared at different times before, I grew up in the church and I was an active member of our youth ministry at our church. And when I was a sophomore, when I was in 10th grade, my youth pastor challenged some of us older students 
to start living out our faith in front of our peers at school. He said, you guys come here every week. You, you take in messages and, and you're growing and you're maturing. It's time to put action to your faith. He wanted to encourage us or challenge us to say, what are ways that you can bring your faith to school with you? What are some tangible ways? He gave us some examples of what if you started praying in the lunchroom before you ate your meal? What if you started a Bible study at your school? What if you carried your Bible around with you at school? Different ideas that he had for us. And I prayed about this and I, I asked God, God, what should I do? And this is what I felt like God told me to do. That I needed to start praying with and for my team before sports activities. Before games. That I needed to bring our team together and pray for them. It was late August when this happened. And we were about to have our first football game of the year. I went up to our, our varsity coach. And I said, Coach, what would you think about me gathering the team together for prayer on the field before the game starts. What would you think about that? He was pretty hesitant, but he agreed, yeah, you can do it. And I think he thought, oh, I would do this once or twice, and then it would be something that would just kind of pass and, and be a phase, and that we'd forget about it. But I can say that throughout the rest of my high school time, 10th, 11th, 12th grade, there are maybe one or two games that pass by that we didn't have prayer before the game started. Why do I share that with you? Because it's the simple act of praying before the game did a number of things. What did it do? First and foremost, it let people know about my faith in God. Right? It made it very clear that I had faith in God as I prayed with and for our team. Second, it gave me an opportunity to pray for safety for my, my peers and my classmates in our games. Third, it developed a relationship with my teammates where they knew they could come to me if they were ever going through a difficult time. If they were going through a challenge, if something difficult was happening in their life, maybe they had no idea where to turn before, but now they knew, I can come talk to Mike. He'd be willing to pray with me and, and just hear what it is that I'm going through. They knew that I cared about them and that they could trust me with whatever they were dealing with. It created a bond, a confidence that they had to say, you know what, I can share with him and I'm not worried about being judged, not worried about other people finding out about it. It opened up opportunities that would have never been there if I had never stepped out in faith and decided to let my light shine in front of my teammates in our sports. I didn't do it for myself, but rather I did it that God would be glorified in all that I was doing. Can you just imagine the impact that we could have as a church if every single one of us decided to stand up and be a light where we've been planted? If every single one of us said, I'm willing to be a light, I'm willing to be used, God, show me what it is you want to do through me. Imagine the impact we could have. Imagine the change that we would see in Chisholm on the Iron Range. It's pretty unbelievable if you think about it. And where does the focus start? Where does it stem from? Reaching the lost. Reaching the lost. Those who don't know Christ. 
Getting back to the Great Commission this morning, I want to focus again on that passage for a few moments. Then Jesus came to them and said, again, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. God gave Jesus the authority to send out the disciples into the world with the gospel. He gave the disciples the authority to take the word of the gospel out into the world. And He gave you and I that same power, that same authority to say, take the word out into the ends of the earth that people will hear about Christ and have an opportunity to come into relationship with Him. He gave us all the power through His authority. And He gives us the tools that we need to see this difficult task accomplished. We know now that 2,000 some years later, there are still hundreds of thousands of people groups who have yet to hear the Gospel. But we're working on it. We're spreading the Word. And every day more and more people are hearing the Gospel that hadn't before. Yes, we have a long ways to go. But with God's help, we can do it. But why do I bring that verse back up? Because Jesus is empowering us to be His disciples. He's empowering us to take the Word out to the lost. To get out and share the Gospel. Baptizing individuals. Teaching individuals everything that we, we can learn from Jesus. From Scripture. From His life. He was the perfect example to us. Jesus is the perfect example. As we study and we, we follow His life in Scripture, we learn how to live our lives. As believers, we've been empowered. Jesus also said that surely I will be with you even to the very end of the age. It's such a blessing and a relief that we don't have to reach out to the ends of the world in our own power. Right? Because if it was up to us and our power and our flesh and our strength to be able to do this, this task would seem impossible. It would seem like, why would we even try? Is there any hope? But He has empowered us. As difficult as it's proven to be, with God's help, we know there will be a day when the Gospel can reach to the ends the earth, that all people can have an opportunity to hear. Not only did Jesus send us out with the Great Commission as He was nearing the end of His time here on earth, but God then sent us His Holy Spirit to empower us as well. So we weren't left out without any help. Scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit came to be our advocate and our teacher. But we also know that we receive power from the Holy Spirit. Listen to some of the very last words that Jesus spoke before He ascended back into heaven in Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be My witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. What did the first part of that verse say as we read it? It says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. 
Again, we're, we're talking about how we're not trying to reach the lost in and of our own strength. God sent Jesus to be our sacrifice, to be an example, but also, He then sent us the Holy Spirit to be with us today as we can look to Him for help, for direction, for empowerment in our lives. I may have used this example here before at Chisholm, but please forgive me if I have. I love the illustration that this verse gives us when it talks about being His witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and to the ends of the earth. Because it creates this tangible idea of concentrical circles, with the inner circle being Jerusalem. Right? Jerusalem was, was their main center. That was where the disciples were. It's where most of the, the, the core of the church was at in that time. It was a central location to where the apostles were ministering. And then it says the next circle, that they would, they would go out to Judea. They would go out to the area that surrounded Jerusalem. That they would spread the gospel there. And then the next circle, it says they would go to Samaria, which was again a little bit further away. They're moving out from their center, Judea, Samaria, and then the outside circle to the ends of the earth. So they started inward and they worked their way out with the gospel, reaching the lost. It shows us a picture of the gospel moving further and further out away from the central location. And the awesome thing I love about the early church as you read it the more they were persecuted, the more that people tried to separate them, the more the church grew. Why? Because the power of the Holy Spirit was with them, empowering them and helping them to reach the lost. So again, getting down to a practical application, how does this affect us today here at Chisholm Assembly of God? Well, let me show you a few more concentrical circles. The first one, the central one, being Chisholm. This is our, our central focus, our central location of ministry is here in Chisholm, reaching this community, reaching those who are lost. The next circle would be Hibbing in Virginia, surrounding us on both sides, taking out the gospel and moving forward and outward. The third circle, continuing to work out through the Iron Range, seeing an impact made there. And finally, the last circle, you would say, well, we've got the state of Minnesota, but all the way to the ends of the earth. That is a practical application of what this can look like for us today as the Holy Spirit empowers us to reach the lost. We don't have to do it alone. He is with us. Worship team, you can please begin to come back up at this time. This seems like a large task when you think about it in that sense. And I agree, it is. This isn't something that can be done lightly. This isn't something that will necessarily even be easy. I'm not saying that. And that is why we have to rely upon God to continue to give us direction, and focus in our efforts here at the church. He's giving us a vision for this church and the ministry here so we can help reach the lost, not only here in Chisholm, but in our surrounding cities, on the Iron Range, 
and all around the world. He is empowering us as believers, as a body, to reach the lost. To continue working to see that the Great Commission is accomplished as He desires. Next week, we're going to talk about another aspect of the vision that God has given us when it comes to reaching the lost. You'll hear about reaching the lost each of these three weeks. This week was empowerment. Next week will be a different one. God is not giving us a vision or direction for this church without giving us ways to accomplish it with His help. This is such an exciting time here at the church. And I can't wait to see what happens as God continues to guide and direct us. As we continue to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. As we continue to buy into what God is doing here, lives are going to be changed. Lives of freedom are going to be born. Addictions are going to be broken. And the world is going to be changed as a result. Not because of us. Not because of me. But because of God in heaven. The hope that is restored to people who feel entirely hopeless. As if there's nothing to live for. Reaching the lost. Helping them find a direction and a purpose. And an identity in Christ. But before we leave this morning, the worship team is going to lead us in one final song, and we're going to have a time of prayer. Are you feeling weak and tired this morning? Feeling like you just can't seem to handle what life is dealing you right now? Remain encouraged that God is with you in your circumstances. That He is empowering you through the work of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you feel like what He's calling you to, or us to do as a church, seems impossible. Maybe it seems impossible. But with God, it's not. If God has given you a vision and a direction for your life, as you seek Him, He will use you to see that vision come to reality. He laid it out. He put the steps before you. We're simply walking in them. God will make a way. And so if you would like prayer this morning for either of those things, I want to encourage you to come forward. I'm going to ask that, that Dee and any of our other leaders this morning 